Hello, everybody. <laughs> We're back again. Aww. Guys, Brian's not feeling 100% today. What they say is the Mercury retrograde. How, how long is that supposed to last? Nobody knows. We don't know. We're Nobody not. Knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> the Nobody trouble knows. I've seen. We're coming out of uh, Gemini season. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> the energy just low. There's a lot of things going on. Mentally, I am tired. Physically, you're okay? Yeah. So it's your mental health that we're worried about here? That's a no. When, when someone says, yeah. I know, it's not convincing. That's kind of like, it's, it's hesitant. I, I, tweaked, I tweaked a little muscle playing softball last week, but I'll be fine. Oh, that word, I'm fine, right? That's, that's, that's cold for I'm not okay. I'll be fine. I've been icing and heating and icing. Well, gotcha, gotcha. well, it's always good to see you all catch up a little bit. And I, I know today we have a special guest. So definitely excited about that. And it's probably right on time. You know, we're in the middle of the year. It's summer. A lot has been happening. Uh, restrictions have been lifted. Um, you know, celebrated a couple birthdays. Got some more birthdays coming up. <laughs> and... You know, you may be exhausted physically and mentally. And so very excited to have um, Archie Green with us. He's going to join us in a little bit. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. Y'all just, it's cool. Y'all glossing over some stuff, but it's cool. Bring it up. Such as. Everybody tired. I ain't the only one. Oh, I. All this summer stuff. And... I'm on the struggle bus. Yeah. Yeah, don't be, it ain't all on me. Y'all tired too. <laughs> if, people could, if people could see y'all, they would know what I'm talking about. Mm, I, I'm refreshed. I'm a, you see this glow? <laughs> you refreshed. I need a refresher. Uh, that's a nice <laughs> Some caffeine or something. A little bit of sugar. Y'all drink coffee though? Is that is that y'all thing? When it's cooler outside. I love coffee. If I could it's drink the, nothing but driving. coffee, I would be very happy about that. Ooh, we would never see you. I can't <laughs> I can't drink it this late in the day, it'd keep me up at night. Yeah, coffee make you regular. <laughs> <laughs> you would be healthy. Oh my gosh. Coffee is nothing but water and beans. You're right. <laughs> Way to break it down for everybody. Bean water. How do we? How do we even get? I don't know. Coffee, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like, focus. Energy. <laughs> we need energy, brain energy, physical energy. I'm having trouble because I went from like highly structured days to no structure at all, and I'm having a really hard time like being motivated to do anything during the day because i don't have to do it but you, you you don't find that energizing though that you don't have a plan yeah yeah like for the first two or three days <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm just like kind of down because i'm not i feel like i'm not accomplishing anything because i'm so used to 
getting so much done during the work day, like when I'm at work. And then you have to get things done when you're at home because you don't have time during the day. So there are things you have to do. Well, now I have like all this time. So I'm like, ah, I'll do it later. And then it's like 11 o'clock at night and I have not done anything except feed myself. <laughs> I got a question. So since, since, since children go to summer school, right? And with COVID happening, they're encouraging enrichment programs. And teachers, you can volunteer to work them. But do you think teachers should be more, I guess, encouraged to keep their teaching skills up and work somewhere in the summer? I'm not, I'm not going to say required, but do you think that that should be, you know, if a student <laughs> has to, just should a teacher have to? I'm I curious. I think a lot of teachers do. And they do it without getting paid. And they even pay more to do it in the summertime. That's when a lot of teachers take classes we're required to have so many credit hours in order to renew our license every five years or whatever yeah, your license should be. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't there like a sign of my like professional development? Yeah. Well, thank you for educating me and maybe anybody listening who didn't know that. I don't want, thank now I feel why, like why everybody thinks teachers are just laying around doing nothing like me all summer. And that's not the case. And I will get on it at some point, but I just haven't yet. And it's really hard once you don't have... Like have you been outside? Structured time. I have started going outside, and that does help. Um, I don't get the conversation, and maybe this is something we can talk, not the conversation, but the idea, I guess, and there is a lot of science behind it that, like, exercise, like, brings up your energy <laughs> level and, like, your endorphins and stuff. I, I have never felt that way about exercising. I've been trying to. That's, like, the one thing I will get up and do. What about you, Brian? Because Brian is like I don't even oh, want to hear about it from Brian. Does it? Does it? I like physical activity. It's like a therapy. I don't feel that. It's different for everybody. Just like everybody has to take some time away, whether you're an athlete or anybody. Sometimes people take time so for Brian themselves. Feels you lagged for a second there, Dante. I was saying, what did I say? Um, Oh, I said Brian feels all the endorphins, and then you don't feel the endorphins, and then I don't even care about them. <laughs> we just balance each other out. <laughs> oh, I wish I did, though. I'll keep trying, I guess. It's, hey, it's a good time to start something new. I think everybody has to try new things and adapt with the way the world is going and things are going, and you know. That's a good suggestion. It's not too late to try something new. What does it say? 21 days to make a habit? Start a new habit. Well, that's what I've been trying to do with getting outside and, like, walking every day. Because I, at the beginning oh, yeah, of the I pandemic, good. I was really good about it. And then once winter came, I was, like, not going to bother with that going outside. And winter is coming. Again. I'm going to go for a walk in the morning tomorrow. Do it. At six thirty. Yeah. Making my way downtown, walking <laughs> fast. Does, I, I feel like I, I really want to try this morning thing so I get it out the way because after work, I don't really feel like doing yeah. it. Like I may it, like one day, but that's why I get up early to work out to get it out the way. Because if I think about it all day, you can just psych yourself out. 
get it out the way first thing boom done don't have to worry about it but it's not the same for everybody everybody works different hours people have you know obligations jobs that require them to be up early and some you know some people got to be at work at seven and the gym don't open till five five thirty so and some people just yeah. don't like the morning like that i'm day. slow in the morning but i do get up <laughs> You get up at obscene hours of the morning. The sun I go to bed out. early too. Right. Dante is not an early riser. Not Dante at all. is a night owl. <laughs> I'm somewhere in between you two. Start a new habit. Why don't you go to sleep earlier or try something new? Both That's your boring. <laughs> life gets boring when you keep doing the same things over and over again so you're not bored with working out <laughs> no because you take the weekends off you may change your schedule up um or what you do for a workout yeah always trying to do things that do you keeps feel it like going. this summer or like this time is just harder to figure out like what to do just because like we were in a pandemic for like a year and like but now that everything is open i feel like the whole country is open now right i so i mean I but it's still weird because you know you wear your mask some people may look at you weird birthday just passed so you know i had to go to the bmv to get my new license <laughs> um and I walked in and I had on my mask and no one was wearing a mask. It wasn't a sign on the door. So it was like fine in that sense, but everybody was just like, it was this one lady in particular that just looked at me and I was just like, why is she looking at me? Then I realized I'm the only one in here with my mask on. And she was just disturbed by that. <laughs> oh man. So we're blaming all this on Mer Mercury retrograde, even though we don't know if we are currently in Mercury retrograde or how long, in fact, it lasts. Fantastic. Yeah. Dante <laughs> said it, not me. I'm just saying something is in the air besides all this uh, pollen. <laughs> oh, that doesn't help either. Well, let's let's get to maybe Archie Green has the answers. I hope so. <laughs> Please. Help us all out. Well, Audrey, this is Laura. So I, I think we should all introduce ourselves. I don't know if you know everyone. Um, I do know, I do know Brian. What's going on, bro? Okay. What's up, man? Yeah, we, we was on a panel before. Yeah, that's right. American Heart Association, right? Yup. Yep. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Laura. I am not a Gemini. I just want to let that be known. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. So yeah, man, boy, we definitely uh, appreciate you taking your time to be here with us. Um, we understand you have a nonprofit called Peel Them Layers Back. We just wanted to hear more about that. What, what made you start it? Why? And um, what, what made you go full time with it? Uh, so, uh, basically my organization, Pilgrim Layers Back was birthed out of, you know, out of my own lived experience with depression, uh, my own pain. Um, I lived with depression most of my life, didn't know it. Um, and it was further triggered 
by a DUI that I got uh, back in 2013. Um, at that night, um, probably the lowest point of my life. Um, yeah, definitely the lowest point of my life. Um, and, you know, when I was in that holding cell, I got arrested. Uh, you know, I was crying and, you know, totally embarrassed, waiting for my parents to come bail me out. And while I was in that jail cell, there was a voice that came to me. Some people can call it the Holy Spirit, intuition, uh, that little voice, whatever you want to call it. And the voice came to me and first it told me to stop crying. And the second thing that it said was they can trap your body, but they can't trap your mind. And I had no idea at that point that that was basically, you know, the Holy Spirit telling me, you're going to use your mind to set yourself free as well as so many others with your story. Um, and I embarked on a journey uh, from that point, just in a deep pit of depression, isolating myself, feeling like a burden to others. Um, you know, just all these various symptoms, including suicidal ideation, wondering what the world would be like if I wasn't alive, if I wasn't in it. Um, and it was a fraternity brother of mine uh, that basically, you know, came to me and said, he's a psychologist. He said, have you ever thought about therapy? Um, and I had thought about it, but I never really considered doing it because up until that point, no one that looked like me had ever talked about therapy before. And so uh, I was inspired, motivated, looked up and found a therapist. Um, I've been going ever since, but at that point I was clinically diagnosed with major depressive disorder or depression, uh, as well as anxiety. Uh, and over the course of the last seven years, um, I've been utilizing the coping mechanisms that I used, that I learned going to therapy to help me combat depression, anxiety, um, and other type of mental health episodes that I deal with on a daily basis. Um, and so, you know, with my music, um, you know, I channeled my pain into my art as any artist would. I had been doing music since I was 13. Um, and so, you know, at that point I was kind of seasoned in the game. I wrote a song about my experience uh, going to therapy from the perspective of a black male, from the perspective of a rapper. Um, I put out a single called Layers um, about my experience, premiered at Vice.com, song went viral, uh, got 25,000 streams in two weeks, and that motivated me and inspired me to start my organization, which Pilgrim Layers back when we began was just a grassroots organization. But as of last year, December of last year, actually, uh, we became a 501c3. So our mission is to educate, equip, and empower black men and boys with the essential tools to live a mentally healthy life through a hip-hop lens. What does that mean? That means we utilize hip-hop culture as a means to break the stigma. We don't take a very, we don't take a normal approach of lecturing, of giving out statistics. We, you know, we, we do concerts, we do open mics, uh, we do workshops, um, you know, so that's really what kind of separates our organization from, you know, the standard mental health awareness organization. That and the fact that our target is black men and boys. 
I think that's the one of the most amazing parts about the work that you do is that it is geared towards black men and boys. And just growing up, like even if something was wrong, it was like you was kind of taught like never to express it, right? You were just taught just kind of hold it in where it's like, oh, you gotta be a man, you gotta do this. And so even telling somebody like, I love you, especially if that's another black man, it's just like, that's, that's hard to do even to this yeah. day sometimes because yeah. it's just like, all right, like how do I express my feelings and my emotions and just this genuine care for, mm -hmm. for someone or just people and not be viewed as like, okay, this is like weird or like you shouldn't do this. So mm -hmm. definitely shout out to you for doing that. Thank you. I was going to say, like, what's some advice you've been given to anybody who asks, but mainly to, you know, the people, kids you work with or, or people around you, you know, how to deal with the pandemic, especially now that we're kind of coming out of it. I know during the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, went into a depression or it was a lot, especially you, you know, suicide and just feeling down. So what's some advice you may have had and then moving forward as we kind of move out of it in a sense, you know, mask off back to some normalcy, like what's some advice as people transition because anxiety comes in and how to get back into the world and things like that. So if you could just give any advice to us and people listening. Sure. So, I mean, I would say like, as far as when we were in the like depths of the pandemic, some of the things I would always advise youth as well as adults on a daily basis was first of all, take a walk, like go outside, go for a walk. Um, we were just talking you know, about like, that right before you got on, actually. I still do that. I mean, I was doing that before the pandemic, like get away from the screens, get away from the phones, all of that, um, and take a walk around the block, mm -hmm. take in the sun rays, um, get your endorphins up a little bit. Um, you know, cause a lot of these kids were cooped up in their room, you know, yeah. like on their, on their, uh, the Chromebooks all day. And not having any type of human interaction or mind stimulation outside of being on a computer. So that was the main thing. Um, I would also say, you know, meditation. I use a meditation app called Insight Timer. Like I use that pretty much every day. But you can go on YouTube. There's other apps called like Calm, uh, Liberate, uh, where you can go to like tailored um, and specific meditations even for mental health, for depression, for anxiety. Um, exercise, again, I kind of talked about taking a walk, but, you know, even if you don't feel like going to the gym, uh, you know, going for a jog, um, you know, even, you know, just doing the jumping jacks, push-ups, everything in the crib, like doing something like that helps to keep your body from being sedentary, and, you know, and, and because that's, that's really where depression thrives, with inactivity. Um, you know, so these were some of the common things I would tell people as far as now that we're getting back to a quote unquote, uh, normal or new normal, you know, a lot of people suffer from social anxiety, being in large crowds, uh, you know, brings about panic attacks and, and things of that nature to those individuals, take it easy, take it slow. Don't feel like you have to rush to get back you know, acclimated, don't worry about FOMO and all of that. Um, because half of the stuff that you experience in person, 
you can also experience at home. There's still virtual, uh, there's still virtual gatherings, there's still virtual events. Um, but don't feel like you have to be out and about now that everything is back to normal. So ease your way back into that. Um, and I would say, you know, start small, like whether it's going to your favorite restaurant, um, with people that you love, people you have relationships with, um, those are the things for me. And then, you know, the other things just like for me, like every day is listening to music, like playlisting, uh, I go to various playlists, but I also create playlists monthly um, that help me with my mood, whether good, bad, or ugly. You know, it's a form of expression. So those are a few coping tips that I, you know, I, I gave out over the last year. What platform are you making playlists on? Just out of curiosity. <clears throat> Spotify. That's what I was hoping um, you were going to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Spotify. You can actually look up my profile. I've got a bunch of public uh, playlists. And me and my wife, ever since we started dating five years ago, we've had a playlist for every month we've been together. So, like, we do it every month. It's like the new mixtape. It is. And the first, <laughs> playlist was, the first playlist was called Mixtape, January 2016. Aww. So, yeah, we, we, we do joint mixtapes now. That's really cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you about your professional background, like besides your nonprofit, what is it that you do for a living? If you're comfortable talking about that. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, as far as my profession, um, I work for NAMI Greater Cleveland National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, my position there is support and education coordinator. So I co-facilitate support groups um, as well as help to put on educational programming. Um, and the most recent event that we did uh, public event, uh, which was virtual, uh, was for uh, the month of May, Mental Health Awareness Month. We did an event called Hope and Mike, where we had various poets, artists, performances, as well as clinicians give talks about uh, coping with coping through the, the pandemic um, and offering expressions of hope through the arts. So I've been with NAMI now for gosh since february so about oh, six wow. months okay yeah nice you made a big move during the pandemic huh <laughs> yeah man i was I, I was in a very toxic work environment prior to that um i was working in the school system thought i was going to be doing the same type of work i'm doing now uh but that wasn't the case and you know, thanks be to God, I found an opportunity working in NAMI, you know, truly aligned with not just my organization's mission, but my personal mission in life, you know, to help people uh, in mental health. That's amazing. Uh, you actually just brought up a, a, a good point because I was thinking, um, you know, with being in youth programs, like we, we had our share of directly facilitating programs and things as well. And one thing that we always notice is that you may have this curriculum right here, but you have to adapt that or even just throw that curriculum out and really deal and and uh, really love one of these young people around what are some of the things that they're really going through and why are they coming to your program and things like that. And so I definitely agree teachers may play that role as well, but <clears throat> really you rarely hear about like mental health within like whether it's out of school time programs or activities 
or even within the school. And I just wanted to hear like some of your thoughts of why you think that may be important and, and what are some ways that we can actually change that? Like, how can we get mental health in front of young people and even our own, our own age group within the things that we do on a daily basis? Man, it's a great, great question, Dante. I mean, you know, uh, I think, you know, the way that the structure and the school systems are set up, you know, it, there needs to be more of an emphasis on it. I think, like, mm. the closest that we had, when we were growing up in the school system, the closest we had to that was guidance counselors. Mm-hmm. Right, and I know right. that there are certain schools within CMSD that partnership with agencies such as Applewood and uh other mental health service agencies but there just is not at least in the time that i was working within the school system there wasn't really an emphasis i mean and granted the time i was working there was during the pandemic so like i i don't i wasn't totally exposed to how things were normally but you know as far as like everyday conversation you know there should also be like weekly. I know one of the things that we had discussed prior was doing like, you know, weekly Zoom check-ins, you know, like just checking on folks, you know, making sure like, and then also like I had one of the ideas I came up with was having teachers drop, you know, drop in or drop by, you know, kids' houses, not to go inside, but like just to, just to walk by and wave, you know what I mean? Like, to meet them on the street, you know, to have that human interaction. Um, I think moving forward, it just has to be more open forums for it. And it actually, you know, one of the things that our organization is looking to bring to Cleveland schools is a part of a new model um, that really can be brought to schools, colleges, as well as, you know, corporations for young professionals. Now, our program is specifically geared towards you know, black men and boys, but really a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this program can be taught across the board. Um, You know, so it's tied to this initiative called Cope Dealer, you know, which is, uh, you know, there's three components to it. You know, the first being, you know, it's my new album, Um, you know, 15 new songs that address various areas of trauma, mental illness, gun violence, physical, verbal, sexual abuse within the black family, um, you know, improper treatment of black women and the LGBTQ community, dismantling white supremacy, as well as songs that touch on leadership, uh, dream, dream chasing, uh, relationship goals, fatherhood, you know, all, all of these things. There's also a short film and many documentaries that's tied to the content in the album. So we follow a young black male protagonist who goes through all these various emotions and learns how to become a cope dealer. We also features uh, footage of two roundtables, one with all black men, one with all black women, um, you know, talking about, the, but again, the various topics on this album. And the last component is the actual workshop. It's a 10-week workshop designed for up to 20 students or 20 participants and in that uh cohort uh each of the participants uh listens to the songs views the content we discuss the various subject matter and at the end of every session we offer a practical coping mechanism that they can utilize until the next session so if it's meditation for the first time you know try to do that 
at least once a day over the next week. Uh, it's, you know, physical activity, try to go for a walk or go to the gym three times before the next session, all these different things. And then when we return, we discuss how, how we felt, you know, what we learned from that. Um, and at the end of the 10 week program, each participant uh, does a special presentation, whether it's a song, a poem, a work of art, a story that's tied to what they learned. Um, and at the end of the program, every participant becomes a cope dealer, meaning I recognize the mental illness within myself, know how to cope with that, but I also recognize the mental illness with my brother and my sister, and I can offer some coping mechanisms to them uh, to help them fight through the depression or anxiety. Um, so really what we're doing is fostering community. That's really what we're doing. And that, in, in my mind and in our minds at PDLB, that's a program that really should be normalized in the mm -hmm. curriculum in the same way that physical education or phys ed or gym or even health class was normalized the way we were growing up. No, I really hope that like all the schools aren't like blowing up the phone up because coming out of this time when even more students and, and even families were isolated, like who who's who's going to help address that issue, right? Who, who's going to be there for thousands of, of young people that weren't able to express themselves or just see people, right? Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how this next school year starts and what's in place. Um, what's the age? Like, how young do you go? I'm asking because I teach in an elementary school. <laughs> so I'm like taking all this in selfishly a little bit. What, how low do you go? <laughs> I would say between the ages of like 14, 15. Yeah, middle school That's the age, lowest yeah. middle school. So like, because, you know, our approach to it, you know, like this is hip hop. Like that's the other thing with our mission. Everything is tied to hip hop culture. And when you think about depression, when you think about mental illness, it ain't nothing pretty about it, you know, and you know, we try, we keep it 100% real, raw. You know, when we do our sessions or anytime I've come to a school, spoken with youth, um, I typically will ask the teachers to leave. I ask the parents to leave and we have a no filter conversation. Um, and so, you know, you don't want to hit too young. Right, right. You know, with that type of realness, even though a lot of youth, like preteens, eight, nine, they need programs like this too. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, as far as, you know, the statistics I heard recently that, you know, suicide starts like with toddlers. Like it's, it's which is crazy. Like, how do you even know how to take your life when you're not even 10 years old, you right. know? But, um, you know, so, but as of right now, the way the program is set, we start like middle school age on up to young professionals, um, you know, and, we kind of cater to whatever audience that we're with. You know what I'm saying? Like that really is um, because we don't want to, you know, we don't, we don't want to um, shun people from, or we don't want to stop people from having the opportunity to participate in the program. Yeah, we really appreciate you being on the show, man. I, I feel like it, your story needs to be heard and, and your resources and how to help. 
you got some you maybe social media man people could follow you if they haven't you know need somebody to talk to need some programming or even for somebody else you could probably just give like your social media too because you never know who's listening for sure for sure um you can follow me on you know uh twitter instagram at the underscore cope c-o-p-e underscore dealer um and that's on both uh instagram and twitter and then you can follow my organization, Pildom Layers Back. That's at Pildom Layers Back on Instagram and at Pildom Layers on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. Our website is www.pdlb.org. Um, you, we take tax-deductible donations there as well. So if you want to support the cause, uh, you can do that. So all those funds go towards our mission as well as the Cope Dealer Initiative. Um, and you know, as far as the album, the album's coming out July 20th. Right now, there's two singles on all streaming platforms. One of them is called Precious Metal, um, which came out, I think, like two or three weeks ago. And my newest single, Write It Down, just came out last week. Um, so definitely check those out. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all my socials. I thought of something. I thought of a good way we can close this out, if you're willing. Um, a couple weeks ago when we talked about trying to get a hold of you, I went on your Instagram page and like looked around to see who we're talking to. Um, and I watched one of your lives. I saw that you were on a live and you were talking about, and forgive me, because I can never remember her last name, the tennis player, though, that just bowed out of the press. Yeah, Naomi. For self-care. And at the end of your live, you did like a very short guided meditation. Mm. Would you be willing to do something like that right now? Yeah, sure. That, okay. Brian um, needs it real bad, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, earlier we were talking about endorphins. So like Brian, he's all about getting endorphins. Laura's just like, I'm know, a mess. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like, I don't even care about the endorphins. Like, <laughs> we balancing each other out. So, <laughs> so uh, the 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 brief uh, guided meditation, you know, is actually um, a breathing exercise, um, diaphragmatic breathing, um, which I primarily use and recommend for anyone to use when they're experiencing high anxiety or when they're on the verge of a panic attack, it helps to calm uh, calm themselves down as well as slow down the heartbeat. So basically the way that you do this exercise, you put your one hand on your heart, the other on your abdomen, um, and then you take uh, basically what you can kind of call like square breaths. You inhale for four, you hold for four, and then you exhale for six. And you do that, I typically recommend doing that like three times. So I'll count us off and let's let's uh let's do this this calming exercise. All right. Three, two, one, inhale, one, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, and exhale, two, three four, five, six. Let's do it again. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four, and exhale. Two, three, four, five, 
six. One more time. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. And exhale, two, three, four, five, six. How you guys feel? I feel complete. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you definitely feel calm after that. It's just like, you know what I'm saying? Who knew breathing could do that? First, I'm like, wait, I can't inhale that long. Like, but, you know, <laughs> it works, right? But by that third time, I'm like, I'm in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I usually I recommend three times. But the first time, at least whenever I'm like, my anxiety is really up. Like, the last thing you remember to do is breathe. Yeah. Like, you get a shortness of breath. So if you remember to like do that, you know, it really helps a lot. That was really cool. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Okay, I reloaded. <laughs> I got my uh, therapy and my calmness down. I did some breathing exercises, so I back. Yeah. I back to my regular self now. You sound I got calm. energy. The Mercury retrograde and they can't keep a brother down. <laughs> but no, shout out to Archie Green. He peeled some layers back and uh, <laughs> feeling a little refreshed. It was needed probably for some of us, especially our listeners. There's always, you know, some refreshers needed, some assurances. He gave his social media contacts. So I do encourage people to just follow along, reach out. Because uh, like Dante alluded to, and we talked about in the episode, especially for minorities, black men, especially um, just, you know, African-American minorities overall in this country, you know, it's so much to handle uh, mentally and, and physically, but and especially mentally. Such so, a stigma around it, too. We need it. We yeah. need it. We need more open spaces. Color. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's the correct term. So we just we just need it. I'm not and, a minority. All right. We needed that. So <laughs> I'm glad that, that he came on. You know what I'm saying? drop some gems, talk about where where the story came from and some helpful hints. And uh, yeah, I hope you, you your people got something from it. I did. I hope y'all did too, you know. I really liked the meditation. I was glad he was able to do that with us at the end. That was cool. I hope somebody else can find that useful too. For sure. You described it. You were... Uh, things that he talked about too as well. So like listening to music. Mm-hmm. Like music is just a big part of like our lives, I think. They bring up emotions. You listen to it when you're sad, when you're angry, when you're happy, when you're cleaning up on Saturday morning. Like music is is this big piece of it. So I was glad that he was talking about he curates these uh, playlists on Spotify each month. I got title, but you know what I'm saying. I might still check it out on Spotify. You might be able to trial. get some Spotify for free, so you might be able to get yeah yeah some of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I use to look Apple that Music, too. but you know, to each his own. <laughs> yeah, we so we know. <laughs> oh, I was going to uh, say Laura, something else. I forgot. Housekeeping. Oh, that's what I was going to say. After you said all of that about his social media, <laughs> we'll include that underneath in the little um, episode synopsis, along with our email, which is ourbraintrustpodcast at gmail.com and you're also welcome to reach out to us on Instagram at ourbraintrustpodcast don't you think I'm getting faster at that now 
You are. You're getting great. We have some other things for you to work on, but you are getting great. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely appreciate I, that. I think the calmness did something for you. I mean, I've yeah. been practicing. <laughs> you know, you, you've you learned how to breathe now. Yeah. That, that very how cool. can I breathe? Here we go. That's another song for oh me. Got too much gosh. energy. <laughs> <laughs> but thank so, you all for tuning in. Yeah. Definitely want to thank you all. Um, and this stay is tuned for more. This is our last episode for season two. So she waited to the end. Season to tell us seven. That. I mean, she episode seven. End. Sorry, it's our last. She waited to the end. Why didn't we say that during today at all? We just did. Are so dumb. Dumb dummies. That's why. <laughs> hey, that is not good for <laughs> mental health or uh, coping, and and that is not a, a cope method. Sk- strategy. You're supposed to be a, a cope dealer. Okay, help. Positivity. So but no, this is a fun season since we're talking about the I end of the season. It in a negative way. It's like episode seven. It's like game seven. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be back for season three. But, you know, we had to come clutch something that, for y'all to hold on to for a couple months while we regroup, retool. Self-care. This, this summer. is perfect, though. This, this episode would definitely get through the summer because yes. there's a lot going on. Oh, shit. And what did Arnold say, everybody? We'll be back. That's going to be the end. And yes. we done. And that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> Bye.